out of the hundreds of past life regressions that you've done and that you've completed, is there one that stands apart from the rest? Well, there's little bits and pieces from different regressions. Mm-hmm. When we get into that space where we communicate with the spirit guide, there was one time I did it and the spirit guide took over. Wow. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Now What? I'm your host, Helen. And I'm your host, JR. This is a podcast that illuminates your spiritual awakening and ascension. Today, we have a very exciting episode. We have certified past life regression therapist and host of the Past Lives podcast. Let's welcome Simon Brown to the show. Welcome, Simon. Thanks for asking me to come on. Welcome. You have a very successful podcast, the Past Lives Podcast, and you've produced over 300 episodes. Uh, For our listeners who aren't familiar with you or your work, do you mind telling them a little bit about yourself and what piqued your interest in past life regression? Yeah, well, I I did my first past life regression in about 1987. Somebody took me through it, but I had experiences and interests in that kind of thing for years beforehand. And um, it was something where I was working in IT support and, you know, corporate kind of things. But over time, I wanted to get more and more into this. And over time, I also went through more past life regressions. So I saw more of my past lives. And I decided to train properly as a clinical hypnotherapist to learn how to do this. It was something where I, for me, I have to know how to do things properly. I'm not just going to wing it and try and make it up. So I got my diploma in clinical hypnotherapy, and then I got certified in past life regression therapy. I talked to people who've had near-death experiences, people who research children with past life memories, and uh, obviously regression to do past life stuff, people who've had deathbed visions and mediums, and just everybody I can. And it really is that aim of looking for verification of an afterlife. And so it's not a religious side of things. It's Mm -hmm. like if somebody has a near-death experience and they come out of their body and they're watching the resuscitation, and then later they talk to the people who did the resuscitation and say, I saw you do this thing. And they say, you couldn't have known we did that because you were dead. You know, it's like verification. They saw that happen. And it shows that their consciousness was out of their body at that time. So it's been a huge education for me and seen so many parallels and so many confirmations across these different things as well as now taking hundreds of people through past life regressions are there any patterns or themes that you've seen um, across all sessions or is each case completely unique to itself yeah there are patterns it's interesting i i was i had a guest on my podcast called shelly care And she takes people through past life regressions. And she was saying how when you take somebody into a past life, when they first arrive there, they're alone. 
They could be in a, a the countryside or they could be in a town or in a desert. And they'll be in a might be in a town and the, the streets are empty. There's no one there. And she said that's that's what she gets, exactly the same as I get. And then we we asked them those basic questions like, you know, who are you and where are you? How do you feel? And other things is people can jump between lives spontaneously as well. Right. Sometimes we'll be in a, a scene in a past life and something could be happening, but that scene seems to come to a natural end. And so I might say to the client, just allow yourself to move to the next relevant memory. Or I might say, you're going to move to a significant event in that life, an event that is a cause of a current life issue. And they don't move forward in that life. They jump to another life entirely. Hmm. And it's it's not something I control. And as a past life regression therapist, you just have to use very basic questions. You can't lead them anywhere. And I never know what past life's going to pop up. I don't know where we're going to go with it. But I've got loads of techniques for moving around, breaking the bond to the past life if we need to, and releasing negative energy. So it, it's always fascinating. But there are things that you see consistently a lot of times people say okay i'm in a room and i'm i'm with my wife and children and they can describe what they're wearing but they might say but i just can't get their faces for some reason mm -hmm. i can't really get that and i've got this idea that because the past lives you'll see in a regression are chosen for you by your higher self and your spirit guides and they give you exactly what you need and if you don't see those faces, it might be because you don't need to. Right. They're, they're just giving you what, what you need to do to get through this regression, to get the message across. So those things are consistent. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And when I hear you share about it, it sounds like with the breaking of bonds and wherever the client goes to, it's, as you said, like something that affects them in this life. It sounds like there's some healing of karma that can happen in that sense. Would you, can you speak to that? Yeah, it's a, it's also interesting of that idea of what karma actually is, mm. because it's that you know in society people pretty much think you do something bad, then something bad's going to happen to you. Right. But I, I think karma is just a balance between two equal things, and it's not about a kind of cosmic judgment that's going to punish you or something like that right. and during a session what i always do towards the end of the session is move the client into a space of light you might call it the afterlife space or the space between lives and we ask the spirit guide to come forward so we can ask them a few questions and they don't always show up you know it's it's up to them i i, I can't guarantee they'll show up but most of the time they do and so one of the questions I have for them is, is there any unresolved karma that we should be aware of? And if, if the guide says, yes, there is, then the quest, next question is, well, can you give us advice? What specifically can the client do to clear this karma? And, you know, sometimes we get that. Sometimes the spirit guide won't say. It's almost like, no, we're not telling you, you've got to sort this out yourself. Right. And it's like other questions we ask, they might just say, why are you asking the question? You already know the answer. <laughs> but it, it can be quite fascinating. And the guides seem to be able to present themselves in any way they want to. 
they could present themselves as an old man, a young woman. I've had somebody say a horse turned up and somebody else mm. said a dog was there. People have said their grandparents have come through. And um, yeah, you never know what's going to come up. So the idea of karma does sort of show itself in different lives and you can kind of see that coming through. And it may be, um, you know, occasionally I have clients who have pain somewhere in their body and there's no origin for it in their lives. They've never had an accident. The doctors do tests. They can find no reason why there's pain. And we go to a past life and you can see something that might be causing that pain in a past life. And I don't know if that's karma, but something's coming through. It's it's fascinating. Right. Uh, in Michael Newton's book, The Journey of Souls, I remember there's one case study where uh, some woman was experiencing extreme neck pain. They couldn't figure it out. And then she did a past life regression therapy session. And in one life, she had an arrow through her, uh, shot through her neck or something. Um, it's really fascinating stuff. It's really fascinating stuff. You referred to the spirit guides in somewhat of a staging area. Is this what is called the between lives area that Michael Newton refers to? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult to say whether that between lives area is also, it's just the afterlife. It's just where right. you go when you die. Mm -hmm. But, but also when I talk to mediums and other people, there's different descriptions of what the afterlife is. There's a space they call Summerland. I don't know if you know Summerland. No. It's kind of a an ideal space where it's all beautiful green countryside and these great cafes and people meet up and have lunch together and you yeah, have a wonderful day. house. Okay. And this idea of Summerland came up from the um, Society of Psychical Research like 120 years ago. Whoa. And they they were doing seances and mediumship and they were all based in England, you know, in London. So this idea of Summerland is like an idealized England, a beautiful England. Interesting. So that that might be because they were only talking about English people that were in their heaven. And for somebody in, I don't know, in, uh, you know, like Thailand, they might have an entirely different heaven. And people who were from Africa would have their own heaven, which they might call Summerland, but it's a completely different landscape. That's fun to think about. <laughs> yeah. In your research, how many incarnations can we possibly have? Hundreds, thousands, if not millions? Yeah, I, I hear the numbers in the thousands. Thousands. That's one of the questions we ask the spirit guides in almost every session. And sometimes they say like too many to name. Sometimes they say thousands. Occasionally they say 37 or 876. Mm -hmm. And I did have one client. We said, how many past lives? And they said, one. We said, one past life. And they yeah, said, well, this is the, the the one life you've had on Earth. All your other past lives have been on other planets. So it could, you know, you think the size of the universe, you can have millions right. of past lives. And <laughs> it's that idea that uh, you incarnate to learn lessons. So I suppose it's how many lessons you need to learn is how many past lives you have. And also, of course, you might fail to learn the lesson in a life and you've got to go back and have another one. You mentioned other planets. So do they name what planet that they're on and are they in a human body or a different alien life form? They don't name the planet. Um, 
I had a guy who went back to a past life and it seemed to be an aquatic world. He's described mm. the body as more like a, a cross between a whale and a dolphin and every, they were all very intelligent. And he was looking after this massive creature. I think it was the same race as him, but much bigger. And it was sending out positive energy through some form of telepathy or something right. to their planet. And there was a whole group of these creatures and that his life on that planet was to get bigger and to eventually become one of these creatures. And the spirit guide afterwards said that that was him being in training to come to earth because his job when he was on earth is to try and raise the vibrations to send out positive energy. That's and it's cool. that idea that earth is a really tough school and you've got to graduate from all the other schools before you get here. Mm, okay. Hadn't heard that one before. I was talking to Richard Martini, who's got some books out. He's a great guest. And uh, they were in this space between lives. And there was a place called the Council of Elders, which you've probably heard of. And mm -hmm. um, one of the people on the council was an alien. And he asked this alien, how many lives have you had on Earth? And the alien was kind of like, oh, how dare you? I wouldn't lower myself to have a life on Earth. <laughs> it's great that you bring up the Council of Elders. Um, how many are in the council and who consists of the council? It, it depends. It depends on the individual. Mm. And I think it depends on how many council members need to show up. Mm. Some people will say eight, some people say 30. Right. And the, it, it moves over over time. It seems like different council members come and go as they're needed. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the things that uh, Richard Martini took me to because he does like uh, past life regressions with people and he takes people to the Council of Elders. And I've got a book. Um, this is uh, Richard Martini's book. Divine Councils in the Afterlife. Okay. And uh, I'm chapter 19. It's the longest chapter is, he's put me in his book. Andrew. And um, what I found there was the council was kind of like a Greek amphitheater, mm -hmm. and they were all wearing those kind of togas, but they all had a colored stripe on, and the color indicated what their role was. And there was a woman who was in charge, and she had a gold stripe. And there was a guy with a black stripe and his role was he was in charge of pain. And he said he was like a consultant and he'd come into your council for a certain amount of time. Then he'd go off and consult in somebody else's council. And when I, I saw him in this past life regression, you know, you get it in your imagination. You see these images. He looked kind of like Clint Eastwood and he had a scowl on his face and he was uh. smoking these cigarettes and. He had this kind of uh, disdain for everybody around him. And then there was another guy there. He was, it was his first time on a council and he was quite nervous and he said the wrong thing. And so, <laughs> you know, these councils, some people say they see them almost like they go into a, a boardroom. It's a corporate office and they're all sitting at a big wooden table. Other people say it's just like a space of light and each council member is a ball of light. They don't actually see humans there. So it all depends on the person and how mm -hmm. the council present themselves. And I think the council know you so well, they know the best way to present themselves to you so you get the best message. 
it's that 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 whole thing in the afterlife it seems that you know basically we're souls and we're energetic beings and we don't go into the afterlife and spend eternity in a human body we progress as we go forward that idea i don't know if many people consider or contemplate like like because there's a finality and understanding of like we die and that's it but yeah infinite beings right yeah yeah and there's also that idea that time doesn't exist in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Everything's happening in the now. Right. Which would then mean that your lives are not right one after the other. They're all happening at the same time. Right. And I, I always see it. It's like a tree where, you know, the tree would be your soul and all the leaves, each one's a different life. And the tree is experiencing all those lives in the right. same moment. That's so beautiful. I really want that. <laughs> right. I actually had that bullet point written down on my phone, hoping to ask you that question. You brought it up perfectly because <laughs> uh, it's a spiritual-based truth, right, that all time is happening now. All your, all your lives are happening. All your past, present, and future selves are happening right now and in this moment. And so the process of past life regression, when you take the person into the theta state, do you take them deeper than the theta state? No, I think that um, if you do between lives, you need to be a lot deeper. Okay. And I find that people can get to past lives in a lighter kind of hypnotic state. You don't mm. have to get really deep for it. Why might someone do a between lives session? Well, there's a whole different set of experiences there. It's kind of this Michael Newton model of that space where you would go and meet your soul group. And you would meet your spirit guides and then you would go to your council of elders mm -hmm. and they also have a place. Some people call it the healing temple or the space where there's healing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the kind of library or what you might call the Akashic records. Right. And I, occasionally I have clients who go into those spaces, but it's not well, what I'm doing is past life and not between lives. I was listening to your first podcast a few days ago and the young boy who his name was Jack Larson or James Houston, uh, where he remembered yeah. uh, where he was a, a fighter pilot in World War II. Um, and his parents continued to ask him questions and information about his time in the past life. And he was consistently getting everything correct. Have you done any past life regression on children? I ask because children are so much more multidimensional than than adults are and then so much less conditioned and they have i feel like they might have better access to information from past lives as jack larson did um when he was a fighter pilot in world war ii i think there's with the hypnosis you just need somebody who's old enough to understand the process and to right. follow the guidance of the hypnotist right so you probably could hypnotize six seven year olds mm. but it's not something i've ever done and, you know, so many children just spontaneously remember past lives. And, you know, I, even my daughter once said something to me when we, we were in the kitchen and she said to me, you know, I used to pick you up when you were this small. And, <laughs> and I said to her, what was that? And she looked at me like, well, I didn't say anything. It's just uh, strange, but I think there's a lot of that going on around us. And because, you know, in the West, reincarnation is not so much a thing. So people just think, oh, they're just playing games and making up stories. 
But that, that's why when Ian Stevenson was researching so many children with past life memories, he ended up in Burma and India and all those countries because, you know, they're Hindus and reincarnation's part of the religion and they believe in that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think true. it happens around us a lot. There's a, there's a lady called Carol Bowman who's a psychologist who's written books on this and her child had all these memories of a past life and he was drawing pictures and it was a... Um, American Civil War soldier that he remembered. But they didn't know that. They had to do the research and try and find out what was going on. And he built this gun carriage that they'd never seen before and they had to search for pictures to prove it and even drew a map of a battlefield mm -hmm. that was Whoa. later confirmed. And, you know, he's like three or four years old. There's no way he could know these things. Right. Right. Helen, what was your past life regression session like uh, last year, two years ago? Is it two? It is two years now. Yeah. Wow, that's strange. Uh, yeah. So, Simon, it was fun to hear you talk about that pattern that you and your um, colleague have where people first go into a place and it's um, deserted, right? Um, I I went to like a fairy land. I was a fairy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was like alone. I couldn't see anyone, but like my therapist was guiding me like look around who do you what do you notice and stuff and it's like as I gradually I don't know felt safe I guess then I could see more um and and I I was I think her session was about 90 minutes I don't know how long you take clients through um but I was able to visit I'm um, I think like almost like 10 11 12 lives which is pretty amazing um so I wonder if you could share around some of those patterns you see too, and maybe speak to why it might be helpful for people to do a session. Well, with the help, it's, it's remarkable what shows up mm -hmm. and it's almost like it's, it's not me that's doing these things mm -hmm. where they get so much help. It's just, I had a, a lady who was going into a past life regression therapy because of this particular issue. And there was one point in the past life she was in a forest and she stepped in a bear trap and those big mm. metal claws grabbed her leg. And she emailed me afterwards and said, you know, I've had eczema on that part of my leg my whole life. Uh, oh, Doctors have never been able to fix it. But since wow. the regression, it's completely disappeared. Wow. And that, that was, we weren't looking for it. It was really unexpected. And there was a guy who had pain in his abdomen and mm. the doctors couldn't find any reason for it. We went to a past life where he was stabbed in the abdomen. And there was uh, a woman who contacted me, had this terrible sense of guilt and she couldn't explain why she felt so bad. And we saw three different past lives. And there was one where she was a doctor and she was a man and she was called out to a house. And this was like the Victorian era. And this woman had just given birth and he knew that as a doctor, this baby was going to die real soon and there's nothing he could do about it. And he felt terribly guilty. And then there was another life. She saw herself as an old woman that was dying in bed and there was a young child next to the bed. And she knew when she died, this child had no parents and this child would go into an orphanage. And she felt terribly guilty because of that. And it was, you know, viewing these past lives that kind of release something, release some right. kind of energy. Right. It was very healing. And I had a, a woman who, she has a phobia of being a passenger in cars. 
She can drive okay, but she's a passenger. She has to lie on the back seat with a blanket over her head. Wow. And we went to this past life in the 50s where she was a young girl and she was with her boyfriend and he was driving and he crashed the car and died. And he had this terrible injury right next to her. And you could see how being a passenger in a car, that would affect you. Right. And something had come through to this life from that. So it, it's this kind of healing is on a subconscious level. So, you know, that's kind of a, your shares are kind of like an individual client's kind of um, results. And for me, I went in and I asked about an old uh, work partnership because I did feel kind of guilty leaving it and such. Um, and in the regression, I got to see our dynamic in a past life. And I kid you not, I think it was within two days, he emails me and apologizes for what had happened and how explained how he was in a depressive state and blah, blah. I made the right call and I was blown away. <laughs> That's amazing. There's some yeah. kind of connection there, isn't there? Something energetic. It's, it's amazing. It's like I do all these past life regressions through Zoom and they work right. fantastically. And mediums can do what they do over Zoom as well, can't they? And over the telephone, it's, it's yeah. about a connection between people and not physical. It's, it's mental. Right. In your training and your expertise around it, you're talking to the subconscious and, you know, in our limited 3D minds, right, we think we're just talking to this versions of us. But if you're able to talk to the subconscious, that's how like, the energetic healings happen, right? Yeah, it's interesting. There's a, a point in a, a process I have where we break the bond to the past life. And I'll say to the client, do you agree to break this bond? And they say yes. And then I say, does your subconscious agree? And they say yes. Mm. And then after the hypnosis, we might be talking and they say, you know, you asked me that question. And I said, yes. I don't know where that yes came from. It wasn't me. It just kind of came out. It's like the subconscious was just stepping in there for a moment. Do you have any knowledge uh, on what determines a soul's life selection and what body they choose. Yeah, it's it's, it's whatever's useful for the lesson you're going to learn. You might sit down with your soul group and it's almost like you're putting a play on and you have a script and you have like, okay, I'm going to play mom and this one's going to be dad and he's going to be your best friend and that one over there is going to murder you when you're 27 and... So you, you go and you, you think, right, the sort of body I'm going to need in this life doesn't have to be really super strong and muscly. I don't need to be six foot tall, and but maybe oh, I'll be man, good looking. I'm, I'm really short. <laughs> I'm a short dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five, five six. <laughs> I wish I would have chosen something like six foot. No, anyways, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I was taken to that point, somebody took me through a life between lives and different people described this as a different situation. But for me, it was almost like I was in a department store and there was all these big glass cabinets with all these bodies in and I had to walk through the department store and choose which body I was going to have for this life. Interesting. But, but I think other people might see it a completely different way. Like we were talking about the council, you, you get what's best for you and it's one of the questions i can ask the spirit guide when we do a session is that you know if before you're born you can choose the body you have now why 
did you choose this specific one? And that that's not a question we ask every time. It depends what sort of therapy we'll be doing. But there is that you need, if you're learning a particular lesson, you might need a particular body for it. And so you that's what you'll choose. And also you might choose your parents because there's some children who talk about that space before they're born. Mm -hmm. And it's like you were talking about James Houston. I have to get the name right because I think yeah. in the previous life, he was James Larson. James and in Larson. this life, he's James Houston. Right. No, James Linegar. That's it. James Linegar. He, he, he said that before he was born, he saw his parents on the beach in Hawaii and that they were having dinner outside this big pink hotel. And the parents were saying that this that, that we did do that holiday. We were outside a pink pig hotel. And that was the night we decided we were going to start trying to have a baby. And that was the night he said, oh, I, that's when I chose you to be my parents. So that that's the thing where he, he said that spontaneously. The parents didn't ask him about it. And they confirmed it afterwards. You know, he wasn't led into right. saying that, or they didn't tell him that they were at a pink hotel. That story made headlines. That was very popular and uh, in the mainstream news, and uh, which led people to kind of investigate past lives even further. So you said they were at the hotel, the pink hotel, and I remember that from your first podcast. And that's when he chose them to be his parents. What communication? On his part, did he have with, say, his parents' soul guides or soul group so that that um, event could happen? That he didn't say anything about that. Oh, he didn't say anything about that. Okay. No, he just kind of says, yeah, I, I think I'd like them to be my parents, and it happened. And sometimes mothers have what are called announcing dreams where they might be pregnant or before they're pregnant, somebody will come to them in the dream and say, okay, I'm going to be your next child. Oh, wow. And sometimes they know the person in the dream. Maybe it's an uncle or somebody else in the local area. Right. And I have heard sometimes the mother say, no, I don't <laughs> want you to be my child. But, um, <laughs> and then the child will be born and start talking about that past life as like, that's their memory. Mm -hmm. of that person and so that ties up with the dream so that, that's an interesting one as well mm -hmm. and all these things show up in the researchers that i've talked to they're independent but they all come up with these same things which is why it's so compelling that they all verify each other what are some of the main differences between advanced souls and younger beginner souls well I, i've just got a theory of my own mm -hmm. Is, is that the advanced souls have more empathy mm. and are more uh, or less selfish. And they have had so many lives where they would have been both men and women. They would have been, you know, different colors. They would have been gay and straight. And so they've, they've lived those lives. They know what that's like. And so perhaps in the background, in the subconscious, they understand what it's like to be in those places. So they don't, they don't have prejudice in this life right. and they help people. And I, I kind of wonder if those people we see around us are a real narcissists and very selfish and arrogant and 
they they think nothing of taking from other people and conning people that the perhaps their younger souls they haven't got the empathy they haven't lived those lives where they've been the victim but that's just my my theory maybe that's how it works that sounds completely correct though <laughs> Even if... <laughs> uh, michael newton says they also at the soul level they uh emanate different colors yeah i've heard that as well more advanced soul is more of a, a indigo violet purple younger souls are more of a he says i, I forgot the color maybe yellow or orange yeah i remember that when i was taken through a past life regression and i met some spiritual beings and i said that they they've got light around them and this one's really white but i can see these little gold flecks kind of sparks moving around amongst their light and somebody else would have more blue in their light i, I do remember that i was listening to your podcast with tony riley and uh it was where you were undergoing past life regression yeah there was one life where you were a woman and you loved the wedding dress that you had on <laughs> and i thought yeah, it was really yeah. awesome can you speak more on that on, on that experience with tony riley yeah the thing about that is it, it, you get into that space and i talked to tony about this about how you can go into a past life and you're the other gender mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem at all weird or, right. or wrong or anything and i saw this past life where i was a woman and i was a nurse in the first world war and i was in this field hospital and it was like this huge canvas tent that maybe had like 12 or 20 beds in it. And these soldiers were coming from the front line and they'd just been hurt. And we had to like cut their leg off or, or help them with these terrible wounds. And there's blood everywhere. And I remember this nurse's uniform in the First World War went right down to your feet, down to your ankles. Okay. And it was these long skirts. And I was rushing between the beds trying to help people and getting annoyed because the skirts kept getting in the way when I was trying to move. <laughs> and that's, you know, that wouldn't be something I'd experience. But I, in the past life regression, I felt that annoyance at that situation. But it also felt like it was an old annoyance. Like I'd been through this so many times and I've had enough of it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I hadn't been through that. And that weirdly came through from that past life. But in that regression that I did with Tony Riley, when we saw those three different lives and we worked out that each one, the theme of the life was rejection because oh. there was the, um, oh man, I was, there was a life What you were talking about. There was the thing with the wedding dress right? and that, that was a daughter who was about 13. She was in Venice. I think it was the 16th century and her father was rich and he married her off to the son of another rich man. And she felt completely betrayed by her father and like rejected. And then the next life I saw, I was this old man in a village in Mexico. And the thing about this guy was that he was really not very clever. And that through his life, he had jobs here and there and he'd always messed up and he'd always lost his job. And his parents died who'd looked after him and he had nowhere to go. Mm. And in amongst the whole town, Everybody saw him as, I don't know, a pain in the ass. You know, he, he was like this annoyance because he was begging on the streets. And so that form of rejection was completely different to the form of rejection mm -hmm. the life before. And then the other life was 
it seemed to be the 1960s in London, and I was a young woman who was a dancer, and there was another dancer, and it seemed like they were in a gay relationship, these two women, and that her her partner went off one day. She she travelled to see her family, and then I got this message back saying, I'm not coming back. I'm going to get married. And so that was another form of rejection that she experienced. So there's three different lives with the theme of rejection. And it's almost like you see if your soul is trying to learn that lesson of how well that feels. And there are so many different ways. You might think, oh, I need one life and I'll learn about rejection. But actually, you might need to leave 20, 30 lives to all these different ways you could be rejected right. and to learn that lesson and to learn how it feels. Um, it's interesting that you say that th there was a theme of rejection that that life needed, that soul needed to experience. Um, I did my past life regression about four years ago, four years ago, maybe three. Um, and there was a constant theme in mine where I was in each life, I think I visited about four or five lives and I was always missing someone. I was always missing someone. There was always this person in the back of my mind that I was missing that I was not that, you know, I left for work one day and, and I was missing someone No, it was like they were, they left for an extended period of time and it was a, a deep longing almost for this other person. I was going to ask you both to like in further reflection, how like does that still happen in this life where you're learning rejection where you're feeling missing someone or is there a sense of growth now in that yeah i feel for me there's that i've gone past that i don't really feel like that's happening in this life but i suppose you don't know i'm not dead yet maybe something <laughs> will happen <laughs> that was not <laughs> great <laughs> yeah i mean as for me I did experience it in this lifetime where I was, I mean, it's, it's just that karmic resolution. Like, like we've talked about where I was constantly missing someone and this went on for about a few years. I'm not, I'm no longer experiencing it, that longing, that missing someone. Um, so it's, it's healed in a sense. Simon, if, if somebody, if a client is on the fence and they're kind of like, well, I don't really know. I'm kind of, uh, not understanding hypnosis and kind of wary, what are the things you would say to that client? Well, one thing about hypnosis is I think people have an idea of what it is that's wrong in a way. There's, when you're hypnotized, it's just like a really deep meditation, real relaxation. And the whole time you're aware of your surroundings, you'll feel like you could just get up and stop anytime you want. You'll remember everything. It's not like you're like I can take control of someone or they're unconscious through it all. It, it's it's just uh, being very very relaxed, and that's where you can get through to the subconscious. It's that the brain waves do change mm -hmm. into that different space. It's almost like when you're in bed and you're just falling asleep and you feel really relaxed and comfortable. It's that kind of space, and I found that just about every single person can be hypnotized and it's rare but occasionally people don't go to a past life and i think there's a couple of reasons for that one of them it might be that the spirit guides are like there's no low past life to show you you don't need it and the other one is 
occasionally people might book a session and they've been at work all day and they've had a bad commute. They're stressed out from the day at work. They're just not in the right headspace to do mm -hmm. hypnosis and go into that relaxation. Right. And so I don't, I can't think of a client who just was not hypnotized, mm -hmm. even if it was quite light, but sometimes they don't go into a past life, but that, that's, that's quite rare. You know, you might say, take us to the origin point of your issue and they go to a childhood in this life. You know, and I was taken through a past life regression once when I was at college and I was learning how to do past life regressions. And we were all the students, we'd all practice on each other. Mm. And I got to this point where somebody took me into the hypnosis and took me into the space where I should be in a past life. And I was just standing in this black space and my spirit guide was there. And she was saying, what are you, what are you doing? You don't need this. You don't need to see any past lives. Oh. And the one thing I found about my spirit guide is that they morph. They're sometimes they're male, sometimes they're female right. and they'll change right in front of my eyes. It's not like I've got two, they're two spirit guides. And the, when he's a bloke, he jokes about and he dances and he'll do walking like an Egyptian or the Macarena <laughs> and uh, he's, he's full of fun. But if he morphs into the woman, then you start thinking, uh-oh, we're getting serious now. All the jokes have stopped. So when they showed up as a woman and said, stop it, you don't need to do this, you've got to take it seriously. Out of the hundreds of past life regressions that you've done and that you've completed, is there one that stands apart from the rest? Well, there's little bits and pieces from different regressions. Mm -hmm. there's, when we get into that space where we communicate with the spirit guide, there was one time I did it and the spirit guide took over oh. and wow. they, they were very relaxed and they were hypnotized. They're talking very quietly and suddenly their voice changed and it became very strong and confident. Oh. And they started talking about themselves in the third person. And that's when I said, are you, are you the guide? And they're like, yes. And they started telling me what this person needs to do next. And I did another session where the clients were talking to their spirit guides. And then they said, your spirit guides just shown up and they've got a message for you. And th that oh. was unexpected. Wow. For you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then there was another time a woman uh, said, I, I'm, I'm in a desert and it's, it's all, it's just no plants whatsoever. And I said, well, what, what are you wearing in that space? You know, that's one of the classic past life regression questions. When you start off, you try and find out how they're dressed. And she didn't say anything for a while. And I said, so what is it you're seeing? And she said, I've got too many knees. Each leg has got two knees. It's like I'm in an alien body. Oh. <laughs> and we tried to move that scene forward, but it, it wouldn't go anywhere. Interesting. So that, that's another interesting one. Two knees. <laughs> that's two knees. fun. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, your chair reminds me of, of one part of my uh, session I started talking about a virus and like I named a year and when I was talking to the therapist after she was like have you ever heard of Dolores Cannon I was like I don't know and then she started telling me about Dolores Cannon's like predictions around I don't remember what year was said 2042 or something like that and about how she, she writes about the virus and of coming over and how like it's lifting the veil and stuff oh. and i was like oh okay <laughs> oh. 
So we're talking about another pandemic in 24. (laughs) Yeah, there is a technique for taking people into the future, into Mm -hmm. future lives. And um, when I was talking to this lady who also does past life regressions, we were saying, wouldn't it be great if we could get 100 people? We take all of them 100 years into the future and see if they all say the same thing. I volunteer. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, this just opens up a new can of worms. You're talking about past life regression, future life regression, which is all happening now. So it's easily accessible to someone um, leading it that that knows how to do it. Um, Are there any future life regression uh, practitioners out there? I think there are. And you've got to find the right one. Some people say future life. And they'll mean this life. And it's part of a therapeutic technique where they, oh they take you forward 10 years and you've conquered something that you're trying to sort out. And then they say, okay, 10 years older, you, how did you do it? What steps did you take? Mm-hmm. And you, you go through each step and then you find out how the, the process worked to get you forward. Right. And so that's, that's another way of doing it. But, um, I don't know if there's anybody who just does future lives or if they do it occasionally, but there is techniques out there. Wow. We have to and there's this. also an idea that, you know, you do past life regression and you see something in a past life that's causing you problems in this life, well, you might be able to find something in this life that's causing problems in a past life. So you fix it yourself in this life and that past life personality has a better time. I love so, it. This no, is so fascinating. So cool. This is so Yeah. Awesome. Talk about another tool in the tool bag to help you on your life journey. For anyone out there, for mm-hmm. all the listeners, how beneficial past life regression can be. Um, if you haven't yeah. done it, I strongly, strongly consider contacting Mr. Brown, Simon Brown, and undergoing a past life regression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing that I find when we speak to the spirit guides towards the end, one of the last questions I always ask is, do you have a message for this client? Is you something you feel they need to know? And almost always they say something like, we are always with you. We're always mm-hmm. backing you up. Yeah. It's like this feeling of unconditional love. Right. And mm-hmm. that they say, if you need something, you just, you can ask us and we'll, we'll always be there for you. And that sometimes makes me think, well, if they're always with you and they say you need something, why don't they just do it? Why do you have to ask? (laughs) But it's something to do with free will and Mm -hmm. they won't interfere in your life unless you ask them to. But that's a big thing that they say they're always with you and they're always on your side. That's great. That's like a perfect segue into we would have asked you now what and what you would want to share with their <laughs> listeners. And that seems just such a loving, you know, unconditional love, great reminder and a reminder that you're always supported by your spirit guides. You just have to ask. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Awesome. And Simon, where can the listeners find you? My website is called pastliveshypnosis.co.uk. And there's a booking page on there and it's got my calendar and you can book yourself into my calendar. You don't have to email me about it. And also there's loads of information on there about past life regression. And then I've got the podcast, which is the past lives podcast. 
And I also do another one called the Alien UFO podcast, which is oh. fascinating. Yeah, we, and yeah. we're finding connections between UFOs, ETs, the afterlife, consciousness, and you know, there's occasionally people who talk about alien abduction, and they'll complain to the ETs, "You can't do this to me. You got no right." And the ETs will say, "But you agreed to this before you were born. Right. This is all part of the plan." which, you know, talks about reincarnation. So mm. it, I find what I'm trying to do with the Alien UFO podcast is not so much talk about Roswell and all this kind of stuff, but more about consciousness mm. and what happens there. And uh, I'm finding that fascinating. And it's, uh, it's, that's a great education as well. Um, Simon, I'm inviting you uh, for a show in the future to talk about aliens and UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, awesome. I'll make sure to put all your info in the show notes. Simon, thank you for this conversation today. It's been so fun. Again, very illuminating and very enlightening. If you like this episode, please subscribe. I'm JR. And I'm Helen. Join us on Discord so that we can talk some more about past lives. Yes. Thank you, That's Simon. Take it easy. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Simon.